Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing A Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer L. Armantrout. This is an after dark episode, so there will be cursing and discussion of mature or adult themes, so uh, monitor accordingly. Um, I'm going to start with our characters and locations and important terms, and then Vicki's going to pick up with our plot. So here we go. We have some new characters and then some characters that we saw in the previous books, but weren't really hmm, prominent or significant enough to bear mention until this book. So let's start with Commander Jensen. Jansen. Commander Jansen appeared and was briefly mentioned in the first book, but has a more prominent role in this book. So he was an Atlantean undercover as the commander of the Royal Guard in Macedonia in the first book. In this book, he's revealed to be a changeling, so he's able to take on the appearance of another person. Um, changelings can become indistinguishable from the person that they are mimicking. We meet Queen Eloana, who has been mentioned several times in the other books, but hasn't actually really appeared until this book. Um, and so Queen Elo in the end, it's the last book. Queen Eloana is Castile's mother, and she is the queen of Atlantia. She is married to Queen to King Velin, who Poppy describes as looking like a Viking. They are beloved by their people, but have been ruling Atlantia for far too long. We meet some elders, including Lord Gregory, Lord Sven, and Wilhelmina Collins. Uh, the elders are part of a council that helps the rulers of Atlantia make decisions. So Wilhelmina Collins is the Willa Collins, author of the erotic novel that has been referenced throughout this series. We're introduced to Nykos, who is the current king of gods. He's known as the bringer of life and death. His partner is referred to as the consort, and her identity is kept secret through all of the millennia, and he and he had two children who are Malik and Iris. And so Malik is the deity who was first married to Queen Eloana. And he is credited with the creation of the first Vampire. And he, after he ascended his human mistress, Isbeth, while he was married to Eloana. And then we have Malik. Denier, who is Castile's brother, has been mentioned several times in the series, but finally actually appears in this book. So he is the one, the son that was meant to rule Atlantia, but was taken while attempting to rescue Castile from Queen Ileana, who is the queen of the Ascended. So those are our new characters. I feel like I should apologize for (laughs) not having a real great idea of how to pronounce some of these names. But uh, this is my plug for putting a pronunciation guide for these things in the beginning of the book. If someone could make that happen, oh, my stars, that would make us all very happy. Pronunciation guide, please. Let's move on to some important terms. 
though, in this book, we're introduced to Grimm's. They are faceless entities. They aren't really living, but are crafted from dirt and magic and can be killed just by piercing their flesh. Flesh. In this book, they are wielded by the Unseen, which is an ancient brotherhood that was initially formed to protect the deities of Atlantia. No, they're considered more of an extremist group as they attacked anyone who questioned the deities when they were initially founded. But they later switched their allegiance and swore to serve the crown of Atlantia. And so now they're they're trying to kill Poppy. Alistair and Commander Jansen were both members and members of the Unseen wear masks to hide their face. We are introduced to the Draken. So that includes Nectus, who... They, the Draken are shapeshifters that can transform into dragon-like creatures, and they served as the guardians for Nykos, and they guard him in his sleep. They are historically not super friendly. And then another new entity is going to be the Revenants. So they're considered by Nykos to be an abomination of life and death. They are the, some of the third sons and daughters that are born with a unique trait that makes them almost indestructible and unkillable. They are super fast, super strong, resistant to Poppy's magic. Um, but unlike the Ascended, they are not soulless. We go to some different locations in this book. So we start out in Sion's Cove, which is where the book opens, and it's near the Skodos Mountains. It's like the first stop upon entering Atlantia. We go to Evaemon, which is the capital of Atlantia, and that is where the queen and king live most of the time go to Elysium, which is the resting place of Nykos and his consort and some other gods. And it's enshrouded in a magical mist that suffocates any who try to enter it unless you have the blood of Nykos in your veins. Vicki, do you want to pick up with our plot? Yes. <clears throat> Crown of Gilded Bones starts off right where a kingdom of flesh and fire left off. Poppy has just slaughtered the Atlanteans who tried to stone her, and it was revealed she is a descendant of a god. Wolven protectively surround Poppy, including Kieran, and they won't let Cass get near her. Before there can be much discussion, everyone is knocked out either by arrows with a, uh, with a sleeping potion or physically. Poppy wakes up in a crypt underneath the Skodos Mountains. She cannot access her powers due to special change chains. She is informed that she must be eliminated because the gods have a history of violence and she will be the downfall of Atlantia. Unsurprisingly, Alistair has been working against her and tells her that he was indeed there the night her parents were killed, but that he did not lead the craven there. Instead, the Dark One did. He informs her of the plan to hand her over to the Ascended. Poppy is furious and helpless. She is then given food laced with a sleeping potion. When she wakes, she finds herself about to be turned over to the Ascended. Still helpless due to the side effects of the potion and the special and the special chains, she cannot do anything. However, the Wolven and other Atlanteans arrive. Castile is furious and slaughters the Descenders brutally. Before he and Poppy can have a moment, though, Poppy is shot. In tears and desperate, Castile makes the decision to ascend Poppy. A while later, Poppy wakes up and is experiencing bloodlust. She attempts to feed from Kieran, but Castile redirects her attention to him. After feeding, it becomes apparent that Poppy has not actually ascended, some, something that confuses but relieves everyone. They head out to meet up with Castile's father, but, there are, but a few changes emerge. Poppy has increased strength and speed, 
and when they travel through the mist, the trees have changed into blood trees. Castile's father seems accepting of Poppy, especially now that he knows she hasn't ascended. However, when she presses him for information about what she is, she senses conflict from him and he deflects her question. It is also here that Alistair is being kept and Poppy is able to get her revenge. They start going back to Atlantia and they stop at Scion's Cove, which is the town where Kieran's mother lives. Upon their entrance into the town, people greet Castile with tears and happiness, and they also call Poppy my queen, which she is a bit unsettled by. While there, she has a discussion with Karen about how the wolven feel about her. He tells her that they are awed by her and also tells her a bit more about the unrest in the kingdom, including strange fires and crops being destroyed. They also figure out that they are able to communicate telepathically. Of course, the conversation doesn't last too long before strange men begin to attack and try to kill Poppy. However, Kieran soon realizes that the attackers are not men, they're grim. When the attack is over, King Valen re reveals that it was done by an organization called the Unseen. The organization originated thousands of years ago as a network of spies and soldiers for the deities, but developed into a group claiming allegiance to the kingdom itself rather than any ruler. The king now suspects that the group is behind additional unrest in the country, including the fires. Jasper and Karen do some additional research into the Grimms, and Jasper reveals that the realm of the under the realm of the gods, also known as Elysium, is not only real, it can also be reached by a series of underground tunnels. Quite a bit happens. Poppy is able to bring a child back from the dead. And she and Cass make the decision to take their crowns, but only after rescuing his brother and seeing Ian. They do get to go and explore the area one day, and they end up having a great time, and they even attend a wolving wedding celebration. However, that comes to a halt the next day when they meet with Castile's parents. The meeting is incredibly tense at first, and Poppy ends up having to put the queen in her place, but things smooth over. The identity of Poppy's father is finally revealed, but her mother still remains a mystery. Queen Eloana and Poppy take a walk together where she reveals that they have been training the Atlantean army to go to war with Solas and that they have even stationed a large unit at the foothills of the Skotos Mountains. Additionally, she strongly urges Poppy to take the crown. Before they can finish their conversation, they are interrupted by Castile and Veneta, who announce that Poppy's brother has arrived at Spess's end and is demanding an audience with them. When they meet with Ian, he tells them that he was sent to set up a meeting between them and the queen and secretly advises them to wake up Nykos and request help from his guards. Poppy and Castile decide that they will take the crown and head to Elysium. When they arrive, they immediately face danger, but make it through mostly unscathed and are able to wake Nykos. Unfortunately, he is not willing to help, but gives Poppy a cryptic message about already having the power in her. They head off to see the Ascended, when they arrive, they are greeted by Ian and taken to see the queen, only to find that Malik is willingly at her side. What happens next? Do they rescue Malik? Are they taken by the queen? You'll have to read or keep listening to find out. This is your spoiler warning. We will be talking about everything. Vicky, <laughs> uh, what did you think of this book? <laughs> I loved it. You read it in one day, right? I did. I read it in one day. So I started it when I woke up that morning, right? I woke up and I was like, you know what? I'll just read a little bit. <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I managed to get through it 
well, because I skipped the first three chapters because I had just like reread them a couple of days before. So I think I got to chapter like four in the morning. And then at lunch, I read some more. Uh, and I think I got to chapter like eight. And then I came home and I went, Tito, do not talk to me. Do not look at me. Do not ask me anything. I am going to be reading this book. <laughs> And so I read from, I guess, 5.30 until 2.30 in the morning. Oh my goodness. Um, straight through, skipped dinner. It was just like, nope, I have, I have to finish it because I, <laughs> I've been waiting for this book. I need to know what happens. And every time I would get to a part where I'd be like, okay, you know what? Maybe I can actually put this down. Something would happen. I'd be like, nope, got to keep going. Oh my. <sighs> Took you you went through it in a couple days though. Yeah, I tried to not speed read through this one so that I could like actually absorb and enjoy. And so I, I started reading it mm -hmm. stupidly. I opened it at midnight when it came out and stayed up until two thirty reading, and then I, I spread it out over a couple of nights, mm -hmm. evenings, so that I didn't read it all at once. But I still really enjoyed it. The last. Oh, I don't know. It, probably the the last twenty five percent of it. There's no way I could have stopped. Mm -hmm. I mean, it starts off insane and then it yeah. ends insane. And like, yeah. I mean, the middle is great, don't right. mind, but like all of this action and stuff happening on the like in the very beginning and the very end. Oh, yeah, oh gosh, it's pretty wild. It's so good. So many twists too. Like. There were a lot. So I, like I said, I had been reading it in the morning when I first woke up and I got to the part where Alistair says the dark one led the craven to her house. I went, <gasps> I know. And that's when I texted you. I was like, holy shit. I know. And then they were like, well, it wasn't Castile. But then who is the dark who one? Who is it? Mm-hmm. So people on the internet have some theories about this. Mm -hmm. People on the internet think that the dark one might actually be Kieran because his name means like the little dark one. If it's Kieran, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. With I'm going to have a massive problem with that. I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter <laughs> to, <laughs> to the author. <laughs> I hope that's not the case because I feel like it would really hurt Poppy. I would be devastated. If that was true. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they get so close in the book. I love their relationship. I do too. They do so much bonding in this book and it's mm -hmm. not like romantic bonding, which I feel, I, you know, kind of with all of the mention of the joining in the last couple of, well, especially in the last book, there's this like sort of implication that there will be some type of romantic interaction between them. Mm -hmm. And in this book, we spend a lot, like they spend a lot of time friendship building, which is really nice. I really like that for Poppy because she doesn't really have friends. She had Tawny, but Tawny, I mean, it's not that Tawny's not necessarily her friend. Tawny didn't really have a choice, I guess kind of in like choosing to be her companion. And so, and maybe Kieran doesn't have as much choice here either. I don't know, but they, they do like, they do a lot of friendly bonding in this book. 
And I like that for both of them. Yes. I mean, they're oh, just everything. So I was torn because some of it, like a lot of it is just friendliness, but there are a couple scenes where he like touches her cheek, mm-hmm. plays with her hair. Yeah. Um, and then there's that one scene too where um Cass asks um Kieran to like protect her, look after her, and Kieran go Kieran. Kieran goes always. Yeah. And I'm like, oof. And then and they Pop- have well, and they um, have another scene where um Kieran and Poppy are talking to each other and they're both like in her bed. They're like sitting mm-hmm. in her bed talking. Like that's kind of a maybe not for these people. I don't know kind of an intimate place to be sitting and talking with another person that's not the person you're yeah currently having sex with so and I also loved how like at the beginning Kieran was just like jump right on board when Castile was like I'm gonna like drain her of her blood I'm going to ascend her Kieran was like okay we're doing this yeah yeah super on board love mm-hmm. that and then of course <laughs> We, we can't not mention the scene where Poppy is captivated by Kieran getting a beach blow job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's just the voyeurism that's exciting, or maybe there is a little bit of an interest in Kieran or something. I don't know. Um, but that's, there's, I mean, for the, a lot of their interactions are friendly, but we do have some of those interactions where it's like, hmm. Yeah, these like more than friendly interactions and then at well closer to the end right when they go to meet with the queen or well the blood queen is what they call her which mm-hmm. it's pretty badass sounding um uh castile is going to ask him to be his advisor mm-hmm. and kieran comes in and he's like we have to ask you something he's like is it the joining are we doing <laughs> I laughed out loud. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time that Kieran's like every time it was brought up in the last book, it was Poppy. She's like, is it the joining? Is it now? Is it happening now? And then in this. (laughs) Yeah. This is so funny. Like, yes, it's not just Poppy who's thinking about this. Mm-hmm. It's on Kieran's mind, too. Yes. So going back to, I guess, the beginning of this book, because yeah. we yes. just kind of like went right into Kieran. Right to Kieran. I just love him, though. And I love, you know, I really liked his character before this book, but then we got to this book and it, there was so much. So, was, oh, Kieran. I just love him. <laughs> I know. And every time Poppy asks a question and he's like, and she goes, I have a question. I think one of the lines in this book was literally nobody in this entire country is shocked by that. Yeah. It's so funny. He, I just love their, I love their interactions and their friendship in this book. It's great. Mm-hmm. And I love his friendship with Castile. You know, they, she talks about how, even though, because Poppy is like the, uh, the, is the Trump card and ruling whatever now, like she is who the Wolven recognized as their leader. It broke all of the other bonds with everyone that the Wolven were bonded to and they're all bonded to her now. Uh, And so I love that she can communicate telepathically with them, especially with Kieran. But I just think that's such a cool manifestation of her power 
And yeah. even though, and because of that, that broke Kieran and Castile's like bond, but they still like, they have this like nonverbal communication. And even though they can't communicate telepathically, like they know each other so well, they know what the other person is thinking. And I love that too. Yeah. Cause I mean, they've been bonded for like over 200 years mm -hmm. and he's so supportive. He is very supportive. He's, he's so a great friend. He is. Get you a friend like that. Get you a friend like Kieran. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and when they select, going back to when they select him to be their advisor and he like tears up. Oh, my heart. I know. And so when he's rescued or well, no, and so they have this talk, right? Um, about how the wolven feel about mm -hmm. her. And he tells her that he's awed by her as well. I was like, oh, there are just so many great Kieran moments in this book. There really were. Which is why we're really hopeful that he's not actually the dark one, because that will not be good for I would be devastated. I would be so sad. I would be devastated. Ugh. To build him up like that and then I just know. be like, nope. I, I mean, I imagine. I don't know. We'll see. We won't find out for another year or so. so. Oh, gosh. Mull, on, mull that over for yeah. the next year. In the beginning, Beckett was killed. Yes, that was, you know, actually, I didn't really care that much. I mean, I just thought it was sad because he's like a kid, yeah. you know. I mean, I wasn't super attached to his character or anything, but I'm always going to be sad when they murder children. Yeah. Especially yeah. because it was, well, and because they were, they seemed pretty callous about it too. That was, I, right. I was probably more bothered by that. Um, just because, you know, he was, he was innocent. Um, they made everyone think that he was guilty of betraying them up until his death. And then he was innocent. And then they, they, they're so callous about his death. Commander Jansen and Alistair are both like, well, the means, the end justified the means. He had to die. Like, that's not, that's pr some pretty cra crappy justification. If it you're. Is. If your means are murdering children, children, I was so frustrated, just angry, I guess, at that whole scene when she's captive and they like come to talk to her. Like, first, Jansen, we will have our own thing about Jansen, but I'm gonna talk about Alistair first because he talks a lot about like he's doing this for the country because she's gonna destroy the country. There's a prophecy about her, and she's like, What the hell, right? And when she says something about Castile and he goes, it will hurt him. Um, I don't think he says, but he'll understand, but like, he just says, it'll hurt him. And I'm like, um, no, it's going to be worse than it hurting him. Mm -hmm. He is going to tear you limb from limb. Like, yeah. no, absolutely not. Like he's acting so casual about it, really. Mm -hmm. Like it'll hurt him, but whatever. And I was just like, mm. and then um, Poppy calls him out on this because it's so true about how like he's saying oh he's doing all of this to protect the kingdom or whatever but he's not actually he is corrupt himself he's not yep. altruistic at all he is doing this for himself mm -hmm. and i'm wondering does he i wonder i don't need i bet he lies to himself so much about his reasoning that he doesn't even 
like believe that himself. Oh yeah. I, I 100% think that Alistair is completely delusional. Yeah. I mean, he, he, everything that he's done in terms of putting his fam, like just the, the machinations and stuff. I mean, it's really obvious that he's trying to set himself or his family up so that they have more power than what they're, what they currently have when Castile was dating his daughter and then he tried to set him up Castile up with his niece and there like there's just it's really obvious that he's trying to make some power plays by putting his family in these key situations but when she calls him out he's like no 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 mm-hmm. I want yeah I think he he's just lied to himself so much that he's completely delusional or maybe he's sort of mentally unhinged i don't know well i'm wondering if so he's a wolven right but he broke that bond so now he can't shift anymore right and it seems like he sees himself as separate from the wolven now too yeah and that can't have a great effect on your mentality right right? like this is this inherent part of the wolven is yeah, their wolf. They're right? pack animals, yeah. Yeah, and they're pack animals. And he's totally separated from them now. So I bet that in itself could very easily like drive somebody mm-hmm. crazy. Absolutely no excuse for his actions. I'm not saying no. like, oh, he's crazy and delusional. But no, he's awful. And I'm glad that he's dead. Same. Um, so glad about that. Super I appreciated his death. Yes, his death. Oh my gosh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Go ahead. Sure. Yes. So I like how Castile kind of manipulates him into thinking because Alistair thinks that Poppy has died. And so Castile goes to meet with him and he he thinks that he succeeded, that Poppy was killed. And then there's like this moment where Castile, like he says this phrase and Karen's like, now's the time. And they pop out like, surprise, bitch, I'm still alive. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And Alistair's furious um but poppy poppy i think she makes a promise to him or something i know she makes one to janice jansen um that she'll she'll be killing him and she oh the follow-through so good and then when kieran like after she um because he's not completely dead when she it she she like stabs him and it's gonna be like a slow painful death right i think she like cuts his throat like and it but it's like a slow like gurgling yes like a slow bleed yes yeah so anyway and then kieran he like lets out this call to all of the wolven and they've they've killed other people who were also betrayers or whatever and all of these wolven come in and they just like munch down on the dead bodies (laughs) (laughs) all of these people who committed treason like it was so and poppy's like i wonder if this will give them indigestion it was was so good (laughs) it was again satisfying death it is a satisfying death he knows how to write satisfying death i think we talked about that last week didn't we we did yes we did i can't remember who died we were satisfied about it oh um Jacinda oh and Lord Mazine and yes. Duke Tierman there have been several really great deaths <laughs> in this season. we just add another one to it <laughs> yes so um let's talk about Jan- Jansen for a second Jansen. 
the vibe that I get from Commander Jansen is small dick energy. Like if this man were a, like a human, he would be driving like, I don't know, some type of ridiculous truck with a huge like hitch on the back of it and ridiculous lights and a stupid amount of seating and like the biggest side wind, wind mirrors that there are. Like he gives off that type of energy. He does. This man is compensating. He says this, if you insult me one more time, I will not be responsible for my actions. Fucking toxic ass men. Mm. Fuck that shit. Fuck Jansen. Oh, fuck him. I'm hot. <laughs> that whole, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions. I know. Yeah. Fuck up. Yep. Oh, I can't help it if I abuse you and physically assault you because oh. you called me a coward. God. Compensating. The fact that they formed this brotherhood because they were threatened by the female guardians, like throw them all away, throw all, throw all those men away, throw them all away. Yep. Absolutely. And then this dumb plan that they come up with. I mean, I guess it's really not that dumb, but they're going to trade them over to the, or trade Poppy over to the Ascended. Oh my gosh. That rescue scene. So much anxiety. So much anxiety, but Castile, like ripping out people's throats and ripping out their spines. I was like, oh, (laughs) get you a man who will rip out somebody's spine for you. Or woman, get you a partner. Yes. I'm sorry. Get you a partner who will. The bloodless. Yes. Yes. Just (laughs) murder in your name. (laughs) Avenge your trauma. Mm -hmm. Get you one of them yes yeah that was a that was oh i think my like my heart was pounding during that scene i like how like there's chaos all around and kieran's just like with poppy trying to get her out of these chains like Mm -hmm. castile's running around ripping people's throats and spines out and his dad is doing the same and kieran's over her like please don't get involved please please don't please (laughs) and then she doesn't though either she like starts to and then she remembers like what Alistair had said to her about she's going to be like the end of everything with her power yeah and she says something about like not being a monster like I'm Uh not a monster and Karen's like what Mm -hmm. and I love it like that comes back though they like they make her talk about it yeah it's not just brushed away yeah um Karen tells Castile and they they talk about how she feels right yeah, I really appreciate that too because that's part. I mean that that becomes an a in large like that's the the next manifestation. That's her level up, right? That's mm-hmm. her next manifestation of her power, changing her powers. Like she's she's got the deity slash god. She doesn't know she's a god at this point yet, but she's got like she got the magic, mm-hmm. uh, but she becomes scared to use it because of Alistair's words, and they're both super supportive of her and they're like you're not a monster you don't need to listen to what other people say about you you can't be stopped you shouldn't be cowed really like that supportive supportive partners i I love supportive partners so much this book has so many healthy relationships in it that's great (laughs) and then poppy gets shot oh man and Castile, like freaking out, crying and stuff. I was almost in tears myself reading this scene. Like the emotion in it. 
and then Castile decides to turn like turn her and he's like I don't care I have to do it I'm like gonna be with her I was like ah I know and but there's Kieran supporting her or supporting him it's like we're doing this and Castile's dad's like he can't you can't do this and Castile's like I'm doing it and you can't stop me so bye Mm-hmm. yeah it's great his little speech to her before he um tries to ascend her is so sweet too because he's like i'm in love with you and i will be in love with you when i take my last breath and then beyond in the veil but i don't have any plans to enter the veil anytime soon and i will not lose you ever and you have the rest of your life to be upset with me about this but you're not dying today i love that Mm-hmm. Reminded me of Aragorn in Return of the King when he's making his speech and he's like, it is not this day. It's not. It's not today. <laughs> yeah. And I was so I was like, how are they gonna get around this? Right. Mm-hmm. Her being ascended. How how does it get written around? You know? And I was so relieved. Yeah. By how it happened. I was like, oh thank goodness. Um in this situation, do you think you'd want to be ascended? If you I were popping? No. See, I struggle with I struggle with answering because I think it at this point in the book, probably not. But when we see the ascended characters later in the book, I would say it's probably I I wouldn't mind it as much because Poppy's initial impression and what she's seen of the ascended so far is that they're they're soulless. They like they don't retain any of who they were before they change. But when she interacts with her brother later, she sees that he's not like all of the other ascended that she that that they've seen before. And so that that lends the idea that you don't completely lose your soul when you become ascended if you're a garbage person before you're probably still going to be a garbage person as a vampire but if you weren't you you still maintain some of the the traits that you had so i would say maybe good answer marissa good solid If I were in Poppy's place, if I were in Poppy's place and Castile was going to be my, like, the the thing that was, like, I had in my life, then, yeah, I would probably choose to be, well, but then they'd be on the run for the rest of their life. But then he would be all alone and really sad. Sure. Yeah. Ascend me. Why not? Let's go. What about you? (laughs) Oof. Probably. I'd probably be okay with being ascended in this scenario if I had Castile and Kieran turn around with. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I love when Poppy like comes to and she has bloodlust and she tries to eat Kieran. <laughs> and yeah, then I she know. Finally, <laughs> she finally like snaps out of it and she goes, "Oh my god, I tried to eat Kieran," and he's and Castile says, "It's okay. He'll he'll forgive you." And she's like, "Oh my god, I did it when I was naked." And he goes, "That's probably why he'll forgive you." <laughs> <laughs> and i love how they brush it off like yeah this has happened before this has not a been like okay mm-hmm. i want to hear about that story yes 
Poppy and Castile have sex like right in front of Kieran too. That was a wild scene. It was. It was. And doesn't Kieran like lift Poppy's head up, like take takes her away from Castile's neck or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he gets involved. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how I, I mean I guess it, it probably wasn't awkward for him he doesn't seem to be to get awkward as know. open as they are about sex I couldn't imagine it being super awkward for them yeah I mean they uh, Castile and Kieran have they're bonded they probably have <laughs> experienced a, a multiple sex uh what what is the word I'm trying to use here group group uh, like a group sex situation with each other before i couldn't imagine and as much time as they spend with with each other i couldn't imagine them feeling awkward about it i love their attitudes about sex um like the atlanteans attitudes about sex i feel like you would have to have a pretty open mind and be pretty comfortable with things if you're gonna live for thousands of years definitely like why not be Mm-hmm. what's the point in keeping things hush hush and secretive like that if you're gonna be alive for so long there I like there's this one cute little conversation where um so Castile and Poppy are kind of like lost in each other and Kieran has to remind them that they're there that people are there and he says to um Castile's dad he's like this is your fault because <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the way he is with the queen which I think yeah. is really sweet and that's where like um, I just think it's really sweet in general where that's where he learned it from, from his parents. He got mm-hmm. to see like a loving relationship and everything mm-hmm. growing up. And so he knows how to kind of emulate that too. That is sweet. Right. Yeah. It's nice to read books about characters with good parents. I know. <laughs> like a decent upbringing. Yeah. Not orphaned or... Um, having abusive parents. Yep. Very rare. It seems. <laughs> For some reason. For some reason. Uh, um, but speaking of being open-minded about sex in this book, um, there's a the character that shows up, Willa. Yes. I lived for this storyline involving Willa in this book. Oh my gosh. Like that was his like hysterical. I think I was laughing out loud. It's like when they they make the realization that Willa Collins is like Atlantean first of all, and then they discover that she's on the Council of Elders. Oh my gosh, that was outstanding. It was great. I I love how yeah I love how they came together, and she was the woman from the very first book who sent her up to see um well and he was Hawk yeah. In the red pearl yeah i wasn't anticipating that that was a nice little surprise see people had the only reason i was like i wasn't surprised by it was because it's been a theory for a long time oh i've seen it online a lot well saying oh i think the woman in the red pearl is willow collins i like puppy's reaction to realizing that she's not ascended um because um, they tell her like, oh, no, you're not ascended. Your eyes are still the same color. Like you don't have really bloodlust. We Something didn't happen. And she's just like sunlight. And she just runs into the sun. And Castile's like, oh, my God. I know that. 
was like, ah. There's no gently easing into it just to make sure. Yep. <laughs> How terrible would that have been if she jumped into the sun and just like poofed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just an explosion of dust. Oh gosh. And Castile after having almost just lost her. <laughs> Damn it, heart. Poppy. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about Poppy's lineage? Yeah. That's pretty confusing. It is. It's it's a it's, lot. It is. So because originally the mystery, well, we didn't know who her father was. Right? We're, we're, yeah. We didn't really know who her mother was either. Like we knew her. Yeah. We knew Um, that her, the parents that she thought were her parents probably could not actually be her parents. Right. At least one of them had to be something else. Yes. So we find out from Queen Elawana, Cass's mother, Mm -hmm. that she looks like King Malik. Mm hmm. And they're like, oh, you're his kid. Because he had like a bunch of kids. Well, actually, I mean, that's not really how they find out. Because does Alistair tell her? Alistair tells her. Yeah. Right. Alistair tells her. But then they have this whole other thing. Right. Okay. Well, Alistair tells her, but she he also says a he bunch does, of stuff. And so they yeah. can't, they're not completely sure. They have to get the queen to confirm or deny right. that she is Malik's child. And she right. says that Poppy looks just like Malik. And he has the same abilities. He had the same abilities that she has. So he's her dad. Right. But so now we're like, well, who's her mother? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we know from our previous book saying that the blood queen is um, Poppy's grandmother is what was right. previously revealed in this book. But we find out that she's not, that it's actually her mother. So the blood queen, Queen Iliana, who mm-hmm. also turns out to be Queen Isbeth, right? Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. They find out that she's directly Poppy's daughter, but, or not directly Poppy's daughter, that Poppy's directly her daughter. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole theory online saying that they don't believe her, that they think Janice. You mean Jadis? Jadis? What did I put? What did Janice. I... Oh, Jadis. I think her name is Jadis. Is it Nexus's daughter? Yeah. I think there's a Jadis that Jadis is actually her mother and I don't know I don't know if I agree with that theory I feel like Poppy would have shown more like uh Drake and stuff but anyway so then right but then it turns out that Malik isn't even her father right right it's his identical twin this is like a freaking soap opera that is what this is is. yeah it's soap opera it's his identical twin Iris Iris we don't know we're making whatever whatever his name is right who is also a a cave cat Uh that's being kept locked up like underneath like in tunnels or whatever yeah and Uh it is nikos's son right and it makes poppy a god a god yes so poppy is not just like a deity which that's the other thing. I don't understand. I this is so confusing. So I guess since Nikos, is that what we were going? Is that yes, whatever? Nikos. Nikos is a primal god. Yeah. Right? His son, Malik, and Malik. I, 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 I'm so I'm so confused about those two. There are so many different 
I know. We're doing the best we can, guys. <laughs> like, you showed me one thing. The group said one thing. The group then said another thing. I don't... <laughs> we just okay. We it up as we go along. We don't know. Malik. Malik. Is the direct descendant of Mycos. Yes. And then Poppy is the direct. So he is a god. And then Poppy is the direct descendant of Malik. Which also makes her a god, but not a deity, right? Why doesn't it make her a deity? I don't know. The children of the gods are normally deities. Right. But that's regular gods, not primal gods. <laughs> but so Malik... apparently the children of primal gods and the, I don't know, grandchildren of primal gods are just gods, not deities. Very confusing. It's and a little confusing. <laughs> And then Queen Isbeth is there saying that she's a god. But when Poppy asks, oh, it isn't um, Nikos, though. It's um, Nectus. Nectus. She asks him about it. And he's like, no, gods can only be born. I don't know what she is, but she's not a god. She's something else. So Maybe Poppy, she's a revenant. I don't know, though. Maybe. But doesn't she have like memories of being turned? Well, she was a yeah, she was ascended. I don't know what she is. But since she was ascended by a god, it wasn't the same as being ascended by like an Atlantean or anything like that. Right. It's very confusing. But of course she could be lying. Right. So oh yeah. So yeah. It's it's a little confusing. That's mildly putting it, we, <laughs> at least in my head. <laughs> we took a right. lot of curves to get to the final destination. We did. And we're still not really. And we, yeah, we're still not it. there. We're still not there. Because that's right. Because Malik isn't even, it's really Iris. Iris right. Yeah. yeah. Which means. So, How did they even meet? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I think that's what you're so, leading up to. Yeah. So that makes me. Uh, if. Iris is her father, then that means, I mean, I can't imagine him choosing to procreate with Isbeth. Right. So does that mean that he was sexually assaulted and a pregnancy resulted in that? And that's, that's what happened? Or is, is Isbeth not even really the father or the mother at all and she's just lying which she does yeah that's because that's the other thing because then she would know that malik isn't like poppy's father but yeah. she's sitting there telling her that poppy is and she has iris 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 i'm saying iris that's it that's fine we'll settle on it iris <laughs> iris like hidden is in his cave cat mm -hmm. form. So she knows. She knows that um, much. Yeah, she knows something. Yeah. Some unanswered, of course. So it keeps us like wanting the next book. We've got all these unanswered questions. So many. Again, the speculation. Her meeting with Nike at Poppy's meeting with Nikos. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that interaction, but I just feel like it's par for the course. Anytime you have an interaction with a God, you're going to get some type of cryptic response. 
And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, gods are assholes. Always. No matter Always. no matter the book or the like Greek, Roman, whatever, like that. It's just it's inescapable. Gods are always assholes. It's like it, you know, you're set on it. Yeah. And so of course he gives her that cryptic response. Like he freaks out when he finds out about the revenants. Yeah. And she's like, oh, so you'll help? And he's like, hell no. Nope. You're on your own, kid. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. What are you Figure talking about? Yourself. So after reading um, some of the teasers for the book about Nikos and his consort um, for the upcoming book, A Shadow in the Embers, she's very much like Poppy. Uh, so... Like, I feel like that Poppy definitely gets, <laughs> you can see the heritage there. Yeah. Well, even Nikos, he makes a comment about how she's going to love Poppy. Talking mm-hmm. about his consort, she's going to love Poppy. Uh, so they they seem like maybe, I don't know, not kindred, maybe kindred spirits or just super similar. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for everything. um let's see you have a comment about poppy's power oh yes i loved seeing her power evolve i was a big fan of that like so she manages to bring a child back from the dead but like i mean like just recently dead like i think it had like the child hadn't crossed over completely right and everyone's surprised and she's like she wasn't fully dead and then later on she's like yeah that that kid was definitely dead dead. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I really like the descriptions of her power like as it manifests as well that kind of it's almost like a spider webbing out of like silvery threads of magic and the the way that it's described it it puts a very good like mental image Mm -hmm. for what's happening yeah, the strands like that she sees kind of connecting everyone. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I really like also um, she has sort of it's a similar similar visual with the woven. Yeah. Um, and she like can feel their essence. Uh-huh. And I like, what does she say to Kieran? And he's like, so I'm woodsy? Yes, yeah. It smells like cedar or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that was a good part, especially because mm-hmm. we talk about scent so much. Oh, speaking of scent, lilac is something that I know up a ton. I highlighted it in my Kindle. And it's like, what is this with the yes. lilac? Because it's everywhere. Right? Let me see what the word count on lilac. Oh, I need to do a word count for dimples too. Oh, yes. I don't think she used it as much in this one. It didn't seem so lilac is mentioned 14 times yeah let's see and so it's super funny even um, castile's dad has dimples that are worth mentioning (laughs) oh yeah no she still mentions dimples 36 times in this book less than the last one but four (laughs) but okay yeah you're correct it is less Mm mm-hmm so I was worried about the her reception with the people, mm-hmm. right? And it went better than I think you know better than what 
probably could have hoped a lot of people yeah. were more welcoming of her they were curious more so than hey let's stone this bitch yeah um <laughs> we didn't really have a ton of that we did have the grim attack right just the like the unseen in general um but you know the the grim mm-hmm. they remind me they're they're golems oh they, hey yeah you're right right yeah they're golems yeah. magic and mud yeah yeah you're right mm-hmm. good connection thank you <laughs> i love when they're i love when she's interacting especially with the wolf so her reception with the wolven is outstanding super powerful like they all shift and follow her to kieran's parents homes but i also really like how when she is first meeting like that she's going through the city and the older atlanteans see her and they can feel the change in power they can feel her and they they kneel and they cross their arm over their chest and it sets off this wave of people yes uh the the descriptor there is super nice mm-hmm. i mean it's just very powerful in terms of risk and super different from her initial reception at science code but i really like like how it's described i think it's like poppy has like no idea how to react to it i love how supportive just the wolven are in general like yeah. she's an intense like feelings and stuff and they all come to her and they're like mm-hmm. what's wrong yeah and you know stuff like that and <laughs> it's nice for our girl who's had no emotional support for her <laughs> entire life to finally have people care about her <laughs> now she's like an entire species yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just want her to be loved (laughs) all these people kind of bow to poppy now um some of them kind of sarcastically you know they don't really mean it or they have to be forced to but a lot of them are genuine and she doesn't know how to react and i just like she asks like she's just like passing somebody and she like smiles and says hi or waves and she asks castile and karen if she's doing it right and i was just like oh poppy no social anxiety going on relatable super relatable poppy who's been sheltered and she hasn't been allowed to talk to anyone you know or look anyone in the eyes is now all of a sudden this like she needs to you know, she mm-hmm. has to make eye contact, has to address these people. And it's refreshing, and but also very overwhelming Yeah. Um, for her. Let's talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of sex in this book, and I appreciated all of it. Mm-hmm. We get quite a bit of, like, public uh, sexual content. That vo- that's voyeurism, right? Yes. We have sex. So we have some some intense voyeuristic moments in this book. Um starting with well, Poppy and Kieran have sex in front of Kieran. Or Poppy and Castile have sex in, in front of Kieran. But then like as they're out on their stroll and Poppy heals this child from the dead, um, Castile is like super aroused by her use of magic and he finds them a semi-private garden so they can have sex up against a wall and like dang mm-hmm. that was magic yep <laughs> super great and then Kieran gets his his beach blow job 
that Poppy can't seem to look. Oh, it's like live action porn, I guess. Um, Poppy can't seem to look away from. And then she gives Cass a blowjob <laughs> a short distance away, um, which is also super hot. Yep. You know what was funny about that blowjob scene? Is he asks her, like, if she knows what happens at the end? Yeah. Maybe he just wanted her to, like, to make sure that she was prepared. I guess she's never, they've never, he's, she's never provided oral sex with him before, which I guess is kind of surprising to me. Um, but he, I, I do think that's funny. He's like, you've read about this in Miss Willa's book, right? <laughs> that was one of my favorite sex scenes was the blowjob. I know. My, I think my, my favorite was when they're on the ship going to Oak Ambler Mm -hmm. and um, they're in their quarters and Castile says, he's like undressing Poppy and he says, lift your ass, my queen, (laughs) so he can pull her pants off. And then he has her read the diary to him while he is providing oral. And that is so... That is so good. Like, I, I just loved everything about that scene. I like that it, it kind of, like, it fe- it features her reading scenes that we look forward to in books like, like this. It's like her reading a sex scene in a book where we read books for sex scenes. What did you think of Castile's parents and Poppy's initial encounter? Well, not, not necessarily initial encounter. Um but when they do have like their meeting their formal introduction (laughs) i was not thrilled they're clearly very smart and kind of manipulative they split them up almost like immediately Mm -hmm. so that they can each talk to the other one about what's going on yeah you know um i was i wasn't a big fan of them i think i actually liked his dad more than his mom same especially because his mom hid all of this stuff yes so i mean she doesn't make a good impression when it first starts poppy has to like kind of put her in her place i know right which like go poppy yes and then she has this talk with poppy where she's very heavily pushing her taking the crown Mm -hmm. right and then telling her when ian comes along right and she's like no being a queen means like having to put like the kingdom above your family right yeah and which I don't know maybe it's true I don't I don't know I kind of disagree with that because if you're unhappy and your family's all dead and stuff it's not going to do well for the kingdom. right you're probably just, not going to be a great leader yeah which was Castile's point I mm-hmm. think too and can I just say I love Castile you know backing her mm-hmm. with this too being like nope we're gonna go that's what Poppy wants to do let's go yep. suit up um pop or poppy's dad castile's dad is at least more i guess kind of straightforward he was kind of humorous a little bit Mm -hmm. um yeah wasn't a fan of his mom so i guess what what about you what were your thoughts very similar to yours i didn't i was disappointed for poppy Mm -hmm. i mean she i think wanted their approval she i think wanted to be received well by his parents and that's not really how it went Um, and I I like how she puts them both in their place when they're trying to scold 
Castile about, well, what would have happened if he had actually ascended her and she had become Vampry? She's like, it, it didn't happen and we don't have time to focus on that right now. Um, so I like that she, and that's not the only situation where Poppy has to be like, look, you need to like put this aside for now. We have other stuff to focus on with them. And she has that moment with her dad, his dad too. Um, but I, I was just, I found his mother to be annoying. Mm-hmm. She just like irritated me. When they're having their conversation, Eloana's like, I want you to love the country for what it is and not just to whatever to get your brother and to sit, but I want you to love the country for what it is. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> they don't really have time for that. And it's, if you want, like it, so later on, Castile's like, you don't have to tell people, like, you don't have to justify why you're taking the crown. You can just do it. And your reasons can be your own. And Poppy pulls that out with Eloana later. And it's like, yes, girl, you don't have to justify yourself. I love that. feel like um, humans, like, this is just a thing that we do. We have to justify to other people our reasons for doing things like, oh, I can't come to this thing. I have to do such and such and such and such. Or, oh, I don't want to do this thing because blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't have to justify your reasons for doing things. They're your reasons. They're your own. You don't have to say, I can't because you can just say, I can't do that. Sorry. You don't even have to say, sorry. I can't do that. Or I don't want to do that. No is a complete sentence. Yes, it is. So I like that Castile empowers Poppy in this situation to say that to his mother. Yep. And I love how he is so supportive of her with his pa- in front of his parents. Like he's very supportive of her and their relationship and his actions. And he doesn't back down just because he's talking with his parents. Yep. Good partner. There's that one scene, because all of this happens in a really short period of time. I mean, between the first book and this book now, I think it's only been like a couple of months. It hasn't even been a year, right? No. Yeah, because it starts off, she's 18. She's still 18. Yeah. Um, there's this scene where Cass is like, you're not okay. Stop telling me you're fine. It's okay that you're not fine. Like, you have to let go. Mm-hmm. And she does, and she breaks down, and sad but you know healthy and very cathartic I'm sure for her to finally cry and let everything out and like adjust to everything but what kind of stuck out to me in that was she said that she hadn't felt that safe so Castile's holding her through it since her parents mm-hmm. and it's been so long and that made me so sad for her that she hasn't felt safe or comfortable you know cope like with somebody um at all like yeah. that for so many years what do you think of the queen saying um so queen being castile's mother queen um asking poppy to kill malik i think that's a lot to put on poppy <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> i mean she's already making plans to kill her brother <laughs> yeah if if um 
if he's not if he's like lost his soul basically and it's like um can you like shit y'all you're gonna put one more thing on her yep you know and she does tell the queen that she'll be able to kill her brother right which she ends up not doing which thankfully because he whispers to her about go find like go wake up the god Mm -hmm. um so it's a good thing she doesn't kill him. Um, I don't understand. Why would they? What? Just, I I don't know. Is it the audacity to ask Poppy? Why would they not? Like, what would it do to Castile? If I know. Poppy killed their son, his brother, who he's been trying to get back to for all of these years. Like, I know. And their relationship. Like, I don't think that's going to, like go over well no as much as they're trying to sabotage their relationship oh i don't uh i don't know i didn't get that vibe yeah did you get that vibe not really i didn't get that vibe so when they go and they see ian now and he tells them to wake up the gods uh or wake up me me ghost night ghost night ghost um, and we get the hint that maybe all the ascended aren't aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Willa has a really great great quote about that. I highlighted it. Um, and so when she's talking to, so they're they're meeting with the elders, and she's talking with, or Lord Gregory is talking about how all of the ascended have to be killed, and they're they're making reference to Poppy's brother. Um, and how not all ascended, not all ascended are the same. And uh, Miss Willa says, anyone who has lived long enough and can look past their own asses knows that not even the vampires are inherently evil. And Lord Gregory makes some smart comment to her. And she says, I'd rather be optimistic than bigoted and close-minded, and I am never naive. I have more than a thousand years on you. Consider that before you speak so ignorantly. Oh, I highlighted yeah. that too. Yeah. I highlighted that line about, yeah. I love Willa. Mm-hmm. She's outstanding. Um, yeah. I hope I we think... see her in the other book too. Sorry, I hope but... so too. I think that that, that just... I like the I have the hope, I guess, that that brings for Poppy in in knowing that her brother's not completely lost to her, mm-hmm. um, and that she with Willa is not the only person who can realize and acknowledge that. So, what did you think of Castile's parents asking or Castile's asking Poppy to kill Malik? <laughs> I thought it was super uncool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just met you and you're already asking me to kill your son. Yeah. I was like, that's not, no, I, I did not like that. I thought, I thought it was kind of interesting to me that instead of trying to, so at this point we're assuming that his, he's gone mad sort of the way that Castile had. Mm-hmm. Castile came back and managed to come back from the edge and everything, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to say he healed. He still has a lot of issues, obviously, you know, still has a lot of traumatic PTSD, like all that stuff. 
Um, but she doesn't have that hope for her other son. Yeah. That they could rescue him and bring him back. I mean, he he's going to live thousands and thousands of years. It's, you know, go to, he'll go to counseling and figure yeah. it out. Like, sort of, you know. So that was interesting to me that she was like, kill him, put him out of his mercy, like misery. But, you know, he's got a long life ahead of him mm-hmm. that I feel like he could adjust back. I wonder if there's another motive there. I was wondering that too. Because we, we know that Eloan has not been completely truthful about things. Yeah. Should we talk about that now? Let's do it. Let's talk about this meeting. The whole the whole meeting with the like... freaking bitch, Eloana. Gosh. All right. Okay. So they go and they meet with Queen El- or Queen Isbeth. Queen Ilana. Oh, wait. Did you want to talk about Queen Right. Ilana? So Queen Ileana is Isbeth, which I freaking knew. Yes, you did. Called it. You I did. That. I want a gold star for it. Like, <laughs> I win. And nothing. I win nothing, but I still win. I'm a victor in my heart. I freaking knew that. You she did. revealed it. And I was like, yes, I was right. So I have to ask, were you like, because I know you love the chaotic characters. When Isbeth revealed everything and she's like, and I'm going to rain down hell on everybody. Did you get a little bit excited? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I was like, well, Just I don't want to see. help yourself. <laughs> I, but I was like, well, I don't want to see all of this destroyed. Like, I love your theory. Mm-hmm. Love this. Love this idea. Let's keep that same energy, but let's just redirect it <laughs> to somebody else. But great energy. Yes. I feel like even Poppy, when she's talking to her, she's like, you know, I get it. You're totally justified in your feelings. Like she's kind of validating her. And then she's like, mm, but this, you can't do this. This is not, this is not how we do things. And you still resulted it. Like your actions still caused all of these other people to die. So you're not any better than they are. Yep. I know. But she has this, I, she's like worse. She's so much worse though. Like she created these, the yeah. ascended, which then led to whole the whole race of people that <laughs> murdered all of these other people. She, yeah. Definitely worse. Yeah. But I like but, that Poppy acknowledges her tra- her trauma and yeah. her, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's at this meeting where we find Tawny has not been ascended, which mm-hmm. Poppy was very worried about. Right, yeah. And we also see Castile's brother, Malik. Yeah. So uh, if you'll recall... In our last episode, I was suspecting that he may have gone like full Stockholm syndrome and turned like team ascended. And it kind of gives off that vibe initially. But Poppy makes a few observations that make it seem like he's masquerading. Do you get that vibe? Very much so. Yeah. Very much. I definitely got that vibe from him. So, Um, because he like flinches a few times or some sort of, yeah. Yeah. He's still there. Still there. Just pretending. So there's hope. Got some got some hope here. Uh, I thought it was super messed up that Ileana is like, I was going to marry you off to Malik. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, okay. I wonder, like, though, 
Okay, so she was going to marry her off to Malik and then try to send her to Atlantia to, and, like, yeah. what, tell Poppy to dismantle the system and burn it down, which, like, I feel like, though, Poppy wouldn't have gone with that anyway. Like, even if she never met Castile as the hawk, you know, mm-hmm. if, let's say she went through with the Ascension and that's what um, got dropped in her lap, mm-hmm. I feel like she would still be like, no. yeah. So I, I I don't think her plan really would have worked anyway. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. And really, I don't know that Poppy would have been confident enough in her, in, like, in herself as a person without having met Hawk to try to pull something off like that. Right. Yep. I agree. I don't uh, so part of what makes me wonder if Isbeth is really her mother is the way that she treats her. You know, she's, like, raising hell because she's upset about her son, her son with Malik, being killed, which is a good reason to be upset. But then she takes this other child that she's created, and maybe it's because she's created her with the purpose of vengeance. Maybe that's why she's comfortable with treating one of her progeny this way. But is using her just as a tool to enact her own vengeance, not treating her with love like you would expect a parent to treat a child. So... It just makes me wonder if it's not really her child or if it if it's just the bitterness that's caused her to treat Poppy this way. I I I'd be so shocked. I I'd be so shocked if she pulled out something out like another parent lineage thing, you know, like just kidding, she's also not the mom. <laughs> I would be like, come like, on. It's like Maori Maury. Like, like the Maury show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lie detector <laughs> revealed that that was a lie <laughs> but here's why I think she could still be her mother and not be like super loving with her so her son was a result of love right, right? with Malik 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 sorry with Malik and then but Poppy is from isn't even from Malik Right. It's from Iris, who she probably had to sexually assault. Yeah. To get. So I think that's probably why she isn't like, oh, Poppy, I love you. And we should remember, though, that she does have some protectiveness to her because Poppy's original parents, right? Not her birth parents, but her, um, uh, when they died. Right. The queen did take her in and was very loving to her. Well, yeah. But if that's her, like, bargaining chip for her big plan going forward, she would be mad if someone took out this thing that she had to, I mean, go to all this effort to create. So, But she also seemed genuinely upset about finding out that Poppy was abused. Well, wouldn't you be upset if your prized possession was being messed up? Yeah, I guess. I just, if she is her mother, her, like, being upset, I don't think is coming from a place of affection. I think it's more of, like, a place of possession. This is my Mm -hmm. thing that I own and that I made and that I was in labor with for several hours. um, And it was harmed or tainted or whatever. Right. When you mess up a a person's toy or something. Right. I was going to say, I did not care that Ian died. Like, I felt bad for Poppy, right? I understand. I was like, oh, no, poor Poppy. 
But considering the other options in the room, when she said, I'm going to kill him, I was like, that's fine. It can be him. Did you get the feeling leading up to this that someone was going to die? Definitely. Yeah. And I, nobody that it would. Yeah, it had to happen. Somebody had to die. We had to they have killed, a death. So they killed Lyra, right? Which was the. Yeah, blow that job. was disappointing. The, the blowjob. Beach blowjob girl. <laughs> um, who seems like a cool person anyway. Let me yeah, just put that out there. Nice. She seemed, yeah. It's not. I'm not saying beach blowjob <laughs> woman in a negative way um she died and then there was i thought it, i was really worried that delano was gonna die because i thought Same. it was foreshadowing i was like i was no. so worried especially so, after perry was like take care of him exactly like, oh, yep shit. he said that and i was like he's gonna die so when the queen then goes oh um I kill him i'm like oh god who, who is it <laughs> who is it and then it's ian and i'm like oh okay thank god it's yeah. not it's not karen it's not Cass. it's not delano <sighs> i was relieved that it was ian yeah <laughs> it's just bad obviously poppy is not relieved that it was ian but right i mean i uh, hate it for her but if it had been cast this would have been a lot more devastating yes so let's see so then she loses it and that's when we find out that the queen um also has powers and is immune to poppy and she starts choking, like Darth Vader choking, mm-hmm. um, force choking Poppy. And Castile turns himself back over. Uh. <laughs> no. I hated Why? it. I hated it too. <laughs> I hate it. Oh my God. It was awful. It was so awful. He was like, fine, you're going to have to take me. He was me. breaking so, my oh. heart. He was begging. Oh, my yes. god! Oh, my god! And then later, so, like, I don't want to say way later on. It's only really, like, I don't know, 20 pages later. Um, when she's meeting, when Poppy's meeting with um, the king, right, um, the king of Solace, and he tells her, oh, you should have heard his screams when we told him that you were still dead. And I was like, God, assholes torturing Cass. I know. <sighs> but he's got the line on his hands, so. Yeah. They still have the thing. Yeah. You know, she's not dead. Um, should we talk about how heartbreaking it is when Poppy wakes up and realizes that Castile is not with her? Because that also broke my heart when she yeah. woke up and it was just, it, she finally realizes that when she uses her magic, like it causes thunder and lightning. I don't know how she didn't make that connection because it happens several times. Um, but she encounters the revenant. So are you thinking there's more to this revenant than meets the eye? That specific revenant? That the one, not the one with King Halara at the end, but the female that yes. pops up. You think there's something going on with her and Malik? Maybe. I mean, there was like he did seem like he flinched when flinched, but he also flinched with Ian. Like it could just be that like he's still sympathetic. Okay, yeah. So it could be that. I don't know, but it could be something between them, especially because then that does she have a name? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a name. So um she's the one who tells her use the fire of the gods Mm -hmm. which she then realizes oh i can wake up the draken because i'm a fucking god so i can do it myself Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that clues her into that, which so obviously, you know, revenants aren't soulless creatures or anything like that. And they're capable right. of love mm-hmm. and connection because we also know that Poppy's mother. Right. Cora. Adoptive mother. Yeah. Cora. Right. Yeah. Um, Pseudo mother. Yeah. That's she was a she was a, a revenant, revenant too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Poppy wakes up and Tawny has been injured. Are we thinking that Tawny is just a regular mortal or do we think Tawny's mortal plus? I think it's very likely that she's mortal plus. I think so too. I've seen some theories about this on the internet. Yeah. Honestly, though, if it hadn't been for the theories, I don't think I would have thought anything of it. I don't either. Just because I, I didn't pay, I guess, quite as much attention when they were talking about like the shadow blades and the whatever. Mm-hmm. It was more, can, I don't know. Maybe I would catch that stuff on a second read. First read through. It was like, Tawny! Yeah. Ah! Yeah. I don't know. I think if Tawny had died, I probably wouldn't have been super upset either. But yeah, whatever. I wouldn't have been that upset either. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's we a so so friend her. from the start. So, yeah. And we haven't seen her in like, but this is like, she comes at the end of the third book and we haven't seen her since the first book. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, from Poppy's time, in this, in the actual right. timeline, it's only been a couple of months. Mm hmm. Um, so Poppy's like very like, oh my god, Tawny, my friend, I haven't seen you in a few months versus us. We're like, it's been years. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen her in years. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so okay. Anyway, so when they get back to the capital and Poppy like storms in, like in a rage and confronts. Eloana, oh my gosh like the fury in my heart in this scene because they discover that Eloana has withheld information and straight up lied to them sent them into a situation unprepared basically hobbled them and because of that Castile has been captured like I was f- furious I was mm-hmm. I was like Loki hoping that she would injure the Eloana. Yep. Oh, so mad. I was so, I was so upset. And so we mm-hmm. find out that Eloana withheld, withheld all of this information because she was embarrassed. Like, get over your pride for the sake it's of your children. It's been hundreds of years. Hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of years. Not just 100, hundreds, more than that. At least like, well, at least 250 years. Get like, over it. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm sorry that like your pride was injured but you sent your child the only child that you still get to see into a situation unprepared yep. really get over yourself yeah I was furious mm-hmm so she withheld information because she was embarrassed. She knew that Alistair was killing children because they had the blood of de- or deities or gods in them. So she was complicit. Both her and her husband were complicit in the murder of children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Poppy realizes that she can summon the Draken. That was part of Nykos's very cryptic message to her. And so she goes back to Elysium and um, meets with Nectus, who is like the lead Draken. Mm-hmm. And um, that leads up to the very end, her Poppy's final confrontation with the, the king of the Ascended. And I loved everything about that scene. Yeah. Ugh. And you know, this is the whole like chaos thing for me though. So happy. she cuts off his fucking head, <laughs> right? Is like, and then kills every, everybody, everybody except for one person and says, tell her that I will like burn down all of her cities. You know, um, that if she even hurts him in any way if she kills him or if anyone kills castile i will burn all of her people yes and, and then like, cherry on uh, top i know where malik is and i will kill this sucker yes. if you don't do what i want yes trump oh. card what now bitch yep oh my god i love it I think I'm so good. This is so like that's yeah. Yes, Poppy, go cut off his head. Oh my god. I was like, yes. Yes, the queen with two crowns. What now? What now? What are you gonna do now? Oh, 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 I can't wait for her to burn down cities. Oh, I'm so excited. I am so excited excited for for her to rain down hell. Yes. Destroy everyone. Mm -hmm. Oh, and what I love is Poppy uh, up to this point has been like, I want to avoid war, I want to avoid war. Then she gets that message from what's her oh, the the consort at some point. It's like sometimes you can't avoid it. And she has this realization at the end, like, all right, what I want to do and what I have to do are not the same thing, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready too, Poppy. Let's go. Can I just say? I love when they're picking out, like they're talking about their birthdays and Poppy doesn't have an official birth date. Cass is like pick a day and she picks February or April 20th, which was the release day of the book. That was cute. I, what that was really did cute. she use in the book? I'm trying to remember why she picked that day. That's when she picked it with Victor and he gave her the woven. That's piece. right. The, he gave her the, right, the right. dagger on her, her 16th birthday. <laughs> Let's talk about her quotes. So Ian says, the villain is always the hero in their own story, aren't they? And I really liked that quote because we've talked a little bit about the different perspectives that we can look at. And and I, I don't think this is always the case where the villain thinks they're the hero, um, but the, he, the villain does often think that they're correct in their actions. And so I, I, I like that just as a commentary maybe on villains versus heroes and then nikos says to poppy bravery is a fleeting beast isn't it always there to get you into trouble but quick to disappear once you're where you want to be and i like that as a just as another little commentary as well because i think it's super correct it's hard to be brave it's like you get the courage to do this thing and then you get there it's like oh i made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) my bravery has suddenly left me now what so i like those just as um i don't know general statements what about you what quotes did you like 
I actually had highlighted those two as well. I was going to yeah. use the bravery as the fleeting beast. And then I saw you had it. So I had to go back and find one of my other highlighted things. Sorry. No, it's okay. I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. So I have this. This is sweet. You are the foundation that helps me stand. You are my walls and my roof, my shelter. You are my home. And I'm pretty sure that Poppy says this to Castile when he's like, I'm not worthy of you. Oh. Right? I'm pretty sure that's when that happened. Um, yeah. Ugh, it was so sweet. So sweet. He has such, like, you know, he's got some, like, self-esteem issues when it comes to Poppy, you know, feeling like he's not worthy. And there she is to be like, no, you're my home. And it was just sweet. Yeah. Um, and then this truth bomb. That's a complicated <laughs> bloodline to sort through. <laughs> tell me about it joke (laughs) i love that they're like well that's a complicated bloodline to sort through we'll figure it out and will you (laughs) but will you will you actually (laughs) can you (laughs) can you share it with us yeah let me have a map (laughs) so those are my quotes those are nice good good job on those so like a what are your final thoughts on this book? Man, this book was so good. I'm probably going to reread it relatively soon. Um, I I loved it. The dialogue in this book, the friendships, you know, the just overall relationships, not even romantic relationships in this book are just fantastic. It keeps you on your toes. Ugh, amazing. I can't wait for the next one, but that's probably going to be like a year. So, yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, I just loved it, but I will probably also do another reread pretty soon. And um, I'm really excited about the new series that's going to be set surrounding the the gods that are mentioned in this book, A Shadow in the Embers, but we won't get that until like October. So it's another six months. Just be waiting. I'm excited for that book too. It looks, oh, it looks great. Yeah. Hey, if you if you follow, if you read these books and you're not following the Facebook group, there's a spoiler group. It's the From Blood and Ash spoiler group, I think is what it's called. Um, but they have lots of really good like fan theories and things like that. And also in the files section, they have a like God family tree, which is kind of helpful. And then there's a whole file with all of the teasers so far for a shadow in the embers so it's a good resource it is i think it's probably one of the most like helpful fan groups i'm in yeah well the the author is actually in the group like she posts things and she comments like on some of the ones like i had to look up pronunciation even though we probably still did not get some of these names correct i looked at the pronunciation for some of the and she's actually commented like how you would pronounce some of these things so i think it helps that the the and I, i'm in a couple of groups where the authors are involved in their own group and i like that i think it's helpful yeah all right well, that wraps up uh, Crown of Gilded Bones. Uh, join us next week. We are talking about A Touch of Ruin by Scarlet St. Clair. Thank you. Yep. 
Thank you for listening. Join us next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.